What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Orange Tree Podcast, and welcome to episode 77. In this episode, you are introduced to Sean Casey of Hometown Pharmacy. Sean chats all about Hometown Pharmacy's mission to help inform and educate their patients to help them get off of prescription drugs. So when I first learned that about Hometown Pharmacy, I was kind of blown away because for me, I was like, isn't, isn't the business of a pharmacy to make money by having people on prescription drugs? And Sean was explaining to me that their goal is actually to get people off as many prescription drugs as possible. And yeah, there are drugs that, you know, they do serve a purpose, right? If you're diabetic type one, you need insulin. There are certain drugs that we have to take, but a lot of the drugs that we take can just be, we can get off of them by just changing our lifestyle. And Sean is going around doing a lot of great things and, and sharing the knowledge of how do we go about doing that? And so it was really, really cool to learn that about Hometown Pharmacy and learn that about Sean and his mission to kind of like educate and inform as many people as possible. Some of the topics that we covered today in the podcast um, were just a little bit about Sean's background. So you're going to get to know him a little bit. Um, we're going to talk about the foundational six supplements that Sean recommends that most people take. And these foundational six supplements are really key to just, um, you know, they're very benign but they're very powerful supplements. So things that everybody should be able to take, there's not gonna be anything that you need to stay away from for any sort of reason. So we're gonna talk about those six supplements and why he recommends them. Then we're gonna go ahead and talk about Hometown's four key pillars to health, which for a lot of you listeners that are also Orange Shoe clients are gonna be the same kind of pillars of health that you hear us talk about all the time. So we're gonna talk a little bit about sleep, we're gonna talk about movement, our nutrition, and stress management. So that was really fun to talk about. We're also going to dive into the topic of, you know, ADD and ADHD. So like Adderall and, you know, a lot of those drugs um, are prescribed to people. And what really comes down to is that if they had a better quality of sleep and more sleep, they probably wouldn't actually need to be on those drugs. That ADD and ADHD, the symptoms of those are very similar to sleep deprivation. So we kind of chatted a little bit about that. And then we finished with just talking about common prescription drugs that um, some of you may be on. So cholesterol, blood pressure, things like that. What those drugs are actually depleting your body of. So as we take those drugs, those drugs are depleting our bodies of some key nutrients. And so we need to know which of those nutrients that we're getting depleted of so then we could supplement them to make sure that we're not then starting that downhill spiral of well we're on one drug which is going to create a new symptom so then i got to get on another drug which is then going to create another symptom which then i got to get on another drug so knowing this will probably save a lot of you from kind of going down that uh, slippery slope which is kind of stacking um pills on top of each other so overall this is a great great episode i learned a lot and i think you will too so before we hop into the episode um let's just get a quick message from our sponsor Is your nutrition preventing you from reaching your goals? Do you enjoy eating healthy, but don't enjoy or have the time for all the prep work? If so, then I highly recommend checking out Lean Feast. Lean Feast is the premier meal prep service in the medicine area. They take out all the guesswork and provide you with quick, healthy meals on your schedule. The best part, you get to choose what goes into your meal and how many you purchase. Let's say you struggle with eating healthy lunches during the work week. Then you could go there, purchase five lunches, and eliminate that struggle. The meals take three minutes to warm up via microwave or stovetop, and then they are ready to eat. Season with your favorite spices to add your own little flair. Gone are the days of running to the drive-thru or skipping meals altogether because you failed to plan. Head over to Lean Feast today and use promo code OSPODCAST for 10% off every order. You will not regret this decision. 
Hey, Sean, thank you so much, man, for joining me today on the Orange Tree Podcast. It's great having an awesome host. And me and you were playing a little bit of email, social media, phone tag for a while <laughs> to connect. And we were able to connect a couple of weeks ago. And on a random just connection, we just hopped on on a Zoom and we like talked for like an hour and a half. And our passion, <laughs> you know, when you could just hop on a random Zoom call with somebody like and then just talk for an hour and a half about something, you know, you got passion for it. And me and you just talked all about health, wellness, our journeys, what got us to where we are today and everything. And I was like, man, you know what? We should have been recording this the whole time because <laughs> I was like, that was awesome. That was just like so off the cuff. It was just like so fun. And so I'm glad that we're able to kind of try to replicate that today and chat all about, you know, you, your background, hometown pharmacy, um, and then really just kind of get into the nitty gritty today of talking about, you know, me uh, medications, prescription drugs that people may be taking. And a lot of times, you know, we take those thinking that they're going to help us, which they do, but then also they're like all sometimes fighting against their body, right? They're depleting our bodies of some nutrients that we need. And so I'm excited for you to kind of chat about that and inform us about some of these drugs and what they may be depleting our bodies of. So with that, Sean, thanks again, man. And I would love for you to just kind of give us a quick little introduction of like who you are and where you're from and kind of what got you to where you are today and how you found your passion for this field. No, well, thank you so much for the uh, intro. Um, I, I really appreciate it. Again, thank you for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's gonna be a lot mm -hmm. of fun. As you mentioned, uh, we hit it off and it literally was like, hit, hit the ground running. So this is gonna <laughs> be a, a lot of fun today. Um, so a little bit about my background. Um, I originally went to university uh, with the goals to be sports medicine. I was thinking like physical therapy. Um, I went to University of Wisconsin. Um, and between my freshman and sophomore year of college, I job shadowed with a physical therapist. And I realized the only time I enjoyed it was when an athlete came in that was hurt. And also I had that light bulb moment where I'm like, Sean, do you realize what you just said? You're excited because an athlete is hurt. <laughs> if this is not the most bass backwards idea you've ever had, nothing is. <laughs> and so that was kind of, again, physical therapists are much needed thing. So I'm not trying to knock there because obviously that's important. Um, but then I started thinking, we all started turning my mind. I'm like, you know, what is the best way to rehab an injury? And I pondered. And then I realized, well, the best way to rehab an injury is to prevent that injury from ever happening in the first place. So that's when I was able to kind of circle around and I decided um, to go more into the physical preparation field. So strength and conditioning, as we, uh, we say here in the U.S. Um, and at the age of 20, I had two main goals that I wanted to do. I wanted to be the youngest strength and conditioning coach in the NFL history. And my second goal was to attend the Olympics to watch athletes I work with compete. Um, I realized that that's probably the dream of everyone going into my profession for like at least 90%. So competitive market. So then I started thinking, well, what, what can I do to, you know, make myself more marketable? Uh, and then I realized, well, gosh, like if I can pick up a degree in dietetics to complement it, we know that food and movement go hand in hand so tightly. Um, so that's when I decided to pick up a degree in dietetics to complement the degree I had in kinesiology, exercise physiology. Um, I was very fortunate uh, early in my career um, to be offered opportunities uh, within the NFL, working with high-level athletes. Um, very fortunate to, uh, as well, um, first Olympians were in 2016, first Olympic gold medalist. I uh, was fortunate to work with it for the 2021 Games. Um, so I've been very fortunate in a lot of ways. I've had a lot of great mentors in my life that have helped uh, me learn on their and then kind of how I circled into hometown pharmacy is kind of interesting. Uh, if you would have told me uh, seven years ago that I'd be working with uh, pharmacists, I would be like, what? <laughs> but how I got involved with them was in 2014, um, I'm a bio, uh, I love biochemistry. I'm a nerd at heart. I'll be honest. That's why I wear glasses to <laughs> emphasize the nerdiness. Make it look smarter. Uh, 
I know. Well, I with a face like mine, I need all the help I can get to make <laughs> me look smart. <laughs> um, and so in 2014, I launched my first uh, supplement company. Um, and this was born out of the need that a lot of the clients that I was working with, I was having them Frankenstein supplements together. Um, it'd be like, okay, uh, to take four uh, grams of this, three grams of this, 20 grams of this, and mix them together for your ultimate shake. And for me, I think you may be similar. We, I love the creation mode. So for me, it's kind of like that, that fun mad scientist thing. Mm -hmm. But what I found was most people didn't want to spend five minutes mixing 10 different ingredients together. They just wanted to have something, boom, there it is, all in one. And so that's when I uh, got into the nutraceutical world where I would um, new formulations, um, we produce products. And then uh, how I got in hometown was they were one of the first um, people that uh, brought in our products. And then in uh, 2018, uh, they asked me, you know, would you ever be interested to work as a member of our science team? Um, we have a great group of people. Um, this is what we're focused on. And as soon as they, they asked me, I'm like, heck yeah, I, mm -hmm. I'd love to. Um, you know, one of the things I really appreciate about you from our previous conversation is similar to me, very law of abundance thinking. Um, you know, if, if I can work with teammates, um, who have similar passions, you know, if I have a small piece of a larger pie, because now we're able to work with teammates, that's amazing. Um, hometown, you know, they shared the vision, um, that I had worked with. Um, they had, you know, I I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not a good marketer. I'm not good with technology. So when we are able to leverage teammates who are able to complement skill sets, it makes it fun. So that's how I got into hometown. Um, and kind of a background building up to where we're at today. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And that's, you know, I was following you for a while on social media and I'd see, I was like, man, this dude hustles. Like you're out, like, it seems like every day, multiple days a week, you're out somewhere talking to somebody, passing on your knowledge, right? For free, like hundred percent free. You're willing to just jump in any gym, pharmacy, old folks home, anybody that's willing to listen, you're willing to go out and, you know, preach the good word, right? And talk about all the important things when it comes to nutrition, fitness, wellness, all that stuff. And it was just like really awesome to see somebody who's that passionate about something and just going out and doing it. And another thing I really love about hometown pharmacy and from us just chatting is that, you know, this kind of might, might seem backwards to a lot of people, but your mission is to really <laughs> get people off of medications, you yeah. know, and for a lot of people hearing that they're thinking of pharmacy, well, that's how they make money. They want people getting their drugs. Like they want people getting their prescription from them. Like, but you're like, no, if I can get somebody, if I could teach somebody how they could, you know, utilize their nutrition, their movement, they're managing their stress and help them get off of some of these medications at the end of the day, that's a huge win for us. So talk about a little bit about why hometown pharmacy has that mindset when it kind of does seem a little backwards. Yeah. You know, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Um, at, we've had a long history of giving out prescriptions and I'm not here to say that all prescriptions are awful. If I'm a mm -hmm. type one diabetic, I need insulin. If I have mm -hmm. a staph infection, you better believe I want a potent antibiotic. Mm -hmm. um, but we know is very few medications actually heal, heal the body. At best, a lot of them are only band-aids cover symptoms. And uh, what we also know too is no one gets excited about waking up feeling crummy with 12 pills to take by noon. <laughs> that right? are size of like horse pills. It, ex exactly. And so that's our whole focus is, you know, we're, it, we're in the business of getting people healthy. We want to be involved with healthcare, you know, rather than the traditional model, which I would say is, can be a little bit more of on a sick care model, you mm -hmm. know, and so, like I said, sometimes that is needed. Don't get me wrong yep. there. 
But, you know, we want to be able to get to the root cause of issues, get people healthy, get people active. You know, our goal as a pharmacy is to recalibrate healthcare um, on a national level and working with teammates who will. And so that's the fun thing. Um, when you're able to go in, um, you're able to, you know, help people reduce the need for medications. Not only do you decrease the number of pills they're having to swallow, but they now have more energy during the day. They have better focus. They're feeling more livelier because they're not experiencing all these side effects. Um you know, it's kind of like uh, I always tell people, um, I've been I've fortunate to work with a lot of communities, a lot of groups, um, you know, I have thousands of people just in the last year, you know, 10 months alone. And as I always tell people, if I have an apple in one hand and a Snickers bar in the other hand, what's the healthier option? What does everyone go with? Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but Tom, probably within about, what, a millisecond, could you probably answer those questions? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think about that. What does what does that tell us? Well, I think what it tells us, and this is something uh, one of my mentors, uh, Dr. Kathy Campbell, would say is um, health. In a way, health is simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, we knew right away, like, hey, that apple is a healthier option than a Snickers bar, but it's hard to make that decision because we don't live in a culture that promotes health and wellness. Every day we're bombarded with things, be it advertisement, walking to the grocery store, we're, you know, everything's automatic now. We live in a world where I think it's honestly cha- really, really challenging to live a healthy lifestyle. And so that's our focus. If we can work with other people to create that culture of health, if we can educate people on healthier alternatives that they can simple or it's simple that they can implement in their lives, that can make a huge difference. So that's why uh, one of the reasons I love talking with community groups. You know, we love education. I always tell people, uh, they're like, well, how, how do you make money if uh, if you're not selling prescriptions? It's like, well, we if we if we educate people, provide them with healthy resources, that's how we can have, you know, sustainable and make things happen. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm passionate about. Um, I could talk forever on this <laughs> there, but that that's what I love. And I appreciate mm-hmm. uh, the work that you're doing at Orange Shoe as well to complement mm-hmm. it. Yeah, no, and it's so true. It's like we live in a world where there's a lot of like misinformation and not enough informing people of like the actual information. You know, we go through, well, go through school, you know, elementary, middle school, high school. And a lot of us were not really ever taught a lot about nutrition and physical, like how to, how to move our bodies. You know, how do we utilize a gym properly? What does programming a workout look like and how fitness needs to play a role in our lives from today moving forward until the day that we die. And it never stops. Like health is a forever thing, not just a six week challenge, a nine week thing. I want to look good for my wedding. I want to do X, Y, Z. It's a forever thing. And we got to find that sustainable way. And I feel like there's a lot of misinformation out there where it makes fitness seem like it is a six week thing. It is only a 10 week thing. Do this, lose the weight, look good and be happy. And we all wish that was true where you could do something once and then keep the result forever, but that's just not how it works. And, you know, so I love, you know, having, that's a big reason why I started this podcast was to make sure that we're providing proper information, but I didn't want it always coming from me. I wanted to bring other professionals on like yourself and all the other people and guest speakers that I've had on this podcast over the years um, to almost echo what we're, we're, what we're all trying to say, right? At the end of the day, like what I'm saying and what I'm trying to preach to my clients is the same thing that you're preaching to everybody that you speak to. And it's about making sure that, you know, and at the end of the day, it's, it's, this also rings true that there are some people who you tell them the options of what they need to do to not take that pill. 
and then you say, here's the pill that they're going to take the pill. It, it's just easier. They're like, yeah, you're right. I could get off this medication, but I actually don't want to because it's easier just to take the pill. And that's another thing that we're constantly fighting um, in this industry is, you know, people that are not willing to work to protect their own health there, you know, for whatever reason, you know, they don't want to do the work. They would rather just take the pill and, and hope that the pill is just going to do everything they, it says it does without any sort of detriment. So one thing I like about hometown pharmacy too, and I was looking on the website and, um, and you, you guys have these like pillars, right? You guys have these, uh, we'll start off with your guys's four core health principles and which are the exact same health principles that we, we preach at orange shoe. And those principles are nutrition, movement, sleep, and stress. Um, can you go ahead and touch a little bit about those four core principles and, and why they're, they are so important to you and hometown pharmacy that's right on the website. So it's, it's important enough to make your guys' website. <laughs> No, and and that's what we uh, rely upon is that those foundational pillars, um, you know, kind of touching briefly on each of them. We know that right now nutrition plays well. Here's here's the thing. I'll, I'll wrap this around the framework of um, um, going with medications. Right now, we know that there's a big Adderall shortage. Um, since September, there's been big shortages in medications. Adderall people are jumping all over the place. And again, um, let's frame food, movement, sleep, stress management, as it ties into focus. Um, again, talking about medications, again, our goal is help people reduce their need or get off medication. So we're going to look through it as a framework of focus and Adderall. So we know from a food perspective, um, it's been shown, if you look at uh, the kind of the, your traditional Mediterranean diet, we know that is associated with about a 37% reduced odds of having ADHD diagnosis. On the flip side, we know that the current uh, Western diet has been shown, um, I think it's 92% increased odds of having it. <laughs> so we know nutrition plays a big, big role in terms of mental health and function, being able to focus. Um, we know that there's certain nutrients that are habitually low in people with ADHD, um, copper, iron, magnesium, zinc, um, selenium. So again, we want to be able to get the frame of the building blocks for brain health. Vitamin minerals are construction workers in your body. They build things up when you need them. They help to break things down when they're no longer necessary. So again, food can have a huge impact on mental focus. All right, there. Um, second one, let's look at stress management. If people are highly stressed, their ability to focus is usually compromised. Um, so again, now how can we naturally increase someone's ability to focus and again, I'm not saying that any of these on their own are going to totally cure anything, but when you pull them together, a lot of neat things happen. Um, one of the things I do with a lot of clients I work with um, when I'm doing workshops within the communities, we put a large emphasis on breath work. So breathing is really neat. You can use your breath on two different levels. You can use your breath to ramp your body up. You can use your breath to calm your body down. Now, they both have advantages. Um, now, if I'm having trouble, I'm just feeling flat. My mind is kind of scattered all over the place. Um, you know, you can always turn to caffeine, but let's say if you're working with a shift worker who's at, maybe their shift gets over at midnight, 10 o'clock at night, they're just starting to lose their focus. Their energy is going down. Well, in that case, I really don't want them to take caffeine because that's going to jack up their sleep cycle, you know, all night long. Mm -hmm. You can use breath work. Um, so for, um, people listening to the Wim Hof method, mm -hmm. which is kind of like the aggressive breathing through your nose. You can do protocols with there to kind of ramp up your um, kind of your more of your uh, neurotransmitters, epinephrine, adrenaline that help for with alertness. 
Um, so that's one way you can start to contribute to focus without necessarily needing to take, um, you know, an Adderall pill. Um, there. On the flip side, let's say if you're feeling really anxious, feeling really anxious, your mind's kind of darting all over the place, having trouble to bring it in. You can do the opposite. You can, breathing through your nose, you can kind of calm your body down. Um, so again, there's a bunch of different methods like the box method where you're kind of breathing in for four seconds, holding for four seconds, exhaling through your nose for four seconds, pause, and then repeating. Those are all things you can do to influence stress levels as it relates to focus, to either bring your um, levels up or to kind of drop it down a little bit. Um, again, that's just one option. Uh, now, movement. We know that your, when your movement, that affects dopamine levels in your brain. It affects your um, adrenaline uh, levels in, in the brain. And dopamine is kind of like your motivation. Um, Andrew, Dr. Andrew Huberman, he has a great analogy. He uses an arrow for an example. And he's always like, you know, your choline are kind of like the tip of the arrow. Your adrenaline is kind of like the shaft of the arrow. And then the bow which shoots that arrow is dopamine. So you need kind of all those working together. You need the motivation. You need the alertness as well as the arrowhead, which is the direction. So you're putting your focus in the right areas. Um, and so we know movement increases dopamine levels. Um, we know that it impacts, you know, adrenaline levels, those things. So that's a powerful hammer that we can have to improve focus. And the final one is sleep. If someone's not sleeping well, that's going to have a huge impact on your ability to focus during the day. Um, so there's different things you can do with sleep, whether, um, you know, blue light blocking glasses at night, um, getting in a rhythm, early sunlight exposure, you know, that's a whole topic in itself. So but what I'm kind of demonstrating is here how we can improve focus without necessarily needing to turn to Adderall or Vyvanse or even potentially decrease need of those medications by getting a healthy diet, pulling in together movement, um, the sleep angle, as well as stress management, which again, at Hometown Pharmacy, we believe are the four pillars for health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% agree with every single one of those. And, you know, now that there's an Adderall shortage, you don't care anymore because you know exactly everything that you could do in your power uh, to kind of boost that naturally. And movement for sure is the one that like is the like the immediate feedback. And I know sometimes people like they fall off doing certain things because they don't get the immediate feedback. I was just kind of listening to a podcast uh, yesterday that was kind of talking about why do people fall off on habits and, you know, some habits, they provide you immediate feedback. And so you keep doing it because that was awesome. And then there's the ones that don't necessarily provide immediate feedback. Yeah. They're still very beneficial, but you could still kind of fall off because you don't get that like dopamine response from it. Like hmm. eating a piece of chocolate instantly, you get that awesome feedback, which then makes you want to keep eating that chocolate. And so when it comes to movement, movement out of those four is the one that I could get the immediate feedback right yeah. away. Mm -hmm. So like if I'm feeling anxious, if I'm feeling stressed out, if I'm feeling, you know, tired or whatever, movement is always my go-to. Like it's a perfect example. This morning, there's just a lot going on at the gym. There's a lot of things coming up in the next couple of weeks on Kelly and I's schedule. And we were both feeling kind of a little stressed out this morning. We were both kind of anxious, stressed out, you know, and just kind of like not feeling our best. And we went to the gym before this podcast, got a great like 25 minute workout in with some running and some lift with some uh, weightlifting. And immediately after that workout, my mind just cleared. It just cleared. Yeah. I just felt so much better. And I feel like I can manage the rest of my day much better. Um, and it's, so it's just so, uh, so beneficial. So that's been my experience, which is movement. And I always just tell our clients, like, just get out for a walk. You're feeling stressed. Yeah. Like something is better than nothing. Just get out, get some sun, go for a walk. And you'll be amazed after 15, 20 minutes of just getting outside, how much better you feel immediately. It's just so awesome. And then sleep, we had, um, 
two episodes ago, I just had a sleep doctor on named Dr. Kirk Parsley. He was a Navy SEAL um, sleep doctor. He um, has been doing it for a long time. He's well known in the sleep industry. Um, he's been all over the place, lucky enough to get him on the podcast, but he's on a bunch of other podcasts, Jocko Willings podcast. He's done TED Talks, all this stuff, right? So he's a really well-known sleep doctor. And it was just awesome talking to him about sleep. And he puts sleep, I mean, he's a sleep doctor, he's going to put sleep. But I mean, I think we could all agree that sleep is by far out of those four we can't do like out of those four pillars, we're not going to be good at any of the other three. If sleep is not the one that we're really hammering in, we're not, if we're not locked in on sleep, we're going to, we all know that we eat like shit when we don't sleep well, because we're going for the quick carbs, the sugars, like, you know, we're just eating because we're tired, we're bored. And then we're not going to move our bodies because we're exhausted, right? Like moving your body takes energy and time. And like, you're not going to want to go work out if you slept four hours at night. And then um, going on to, um, you know, if we're not sleeping. So like, it's just all for the, and then the stress management when we're not sleeping, man, our stress is just through the roof. Like our body can't help us manage our stress at all when we're not sleeping. And he, his big thing was, you know, that is, you know, talking about ADHD, right. And Adderall, you know, most kids, um, a lot of kids are, you know, considered to have ADD or ADHD, and he's like, if you t look at the symptoms of ADD and ADHD, and you look at the symptoms of sleep deprivation, they're exactly the same. He's like, they're exactly the same. He goes, I feel like, and and our most kids that are considered ADD or ADHD, he goes, I would I would say the the majority of them are actually just sleep deprived. That if you actually got them on a better sleep routine and got them the amount of sleep that they actually need for a growing human being at that ages of nine, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old that, and you're not over scheduling them with multiple sports practices a day, getting home at 10 o'clock at night, still got to do, you know, got to do homework and then expect them to wake up at six o'clock, six 30 to get ready for school. That most of the kids are just are sleep deprived. And if we just focused on sleep, you would see that they no longer need the ADHD medications. They're going to start doing better in school. They're going to have higher energy levels, better focus and all that. So it's amazing how, you know, that's that, that one pillar sleep can really, really, um, be a huge impact on us. And if anybody wants to go back, it's just a couple episodes ago, go listen to that. If you feel like sleep is something that you're just definitely not paying enough attention to. No. And, and those are two, I mean, two quick, two uh, branch points off what you said, because I love, I love how you brought those in. So on the movement side point, for me, that, that is my, I always tell people, because everyone's gonna be a little bit different. Some people respond like, Hey, if, if my food is off, everything goes off. Or if my sleep's off, every, you know, there I'm similar to you where movement is that really quick feedback and tying this into, again, uh, I, I love educating youth. I, I think that's so important. So there was a study that looked at basically people, um, kids with uh, ADHD, they had them go outside for just five minutes at just a light jog. And then they had them come back and do um, like tests to kind of measure their attention spans. They actually found that a movement as short as five minutes increased their ability to focus um, on there. Which is so also I mean, called recess. Yeah, you know? and, then exactly. they, and then after a certain age, we get rid of it. I don't know why oh, we get rid of it. But... I know. I know. We, even in the school districts, I was talking, when I was going to school, uh, we have, before sixth grade, we had three times we were outside in the day in the morning, at lunch, and in the afternoon. I was talking with my nephews the other day. And so they were like in sixth grade. And I'm like, hey, what, what, what's your guys' recess schedule look like? And they're like, we have 15 minutes at the noon hour. That's all they have to get outside oh. and move. And so, you, and you know, you always think about like kids are having trouble to focus during the day. Well, gosh, it makes sense. They're not, you know, moving. They don't have those opportunities. So that's something new uh, ties in directly with there. And the other thing I like with sleep is I find sleep is for a lot of people, it's hard to adjust based off schedules. Now, it could be like, hey, I have kids. My kids are going to be waking up like there's nothing. And people will say, I can't, I can't get more sleep. It's going to be only 
six hours or six and a half, whatever it may be. So I know we discussed this the last time we got together. I always tell people, if you can't change the duration of sleep, there's a lot we can do to focus on enhancing the quality of sleep. You know, and I think that's a big thing. And I love, uh, like I said, yeah, that great podcast on where like we can do a lot just to enhance the quality of sleep by getting the right nutrients in our body, um, the blue light. So we were talking about blue light. People don't realize that blue light not only delays the release of melatonin in your body, but it also um, um, cuts off the total magnitude or the amplitude of melatonin that's released in your body. So we can just do simple things at night, which don't necessarily impact how long we sleep. But if we can get those dialed in, we can impact the quality of sleep, even if you're mm-hmm. still within that same six to seven hour time frame. Mm-hmm. You know, the other crazy stat he brought up is uh, people on shift work. He said like shift work is, you know, considered by the who as like a level two carcinogen, like on uh, how bad it is to your body, the World Health Organization. It's like, it. that's like, he goes, you know, sleep work on average is somebody who's like a cop third shift or a nurse or somebody who's got that constant shift work where they're up all night trying to sleep during the day that on average, it takes off someone between the 12 to 15 years off of somebody's life. Who's consistently grinding through that, that shift work, you know, and I had a buddy reach out to me who was a cop and, um, and in the military had a lot of guys that I served with that, um, also were police officers when they weren't in service. So like national guard. So like their day job was a cop and then they were also in the national guard and they would always ask me, you know, how do I, you know, one, they're eating really bad food at night. Cause they're, they're not planning ahead. So they're eating at restaurants that are open at midnight. Well, what, what's open at midnight gas stations, right? Grab and go. They're not eating good food. They're not moving their bodies. They're sitting in their squad cars for, you know, their whole shift. And then they're up all night They're And then they're trying to sleep during the day. And I asked them, how many hours are you sleeping when you are? And he's like four hours, the kids are awake, the sun's up, all this stuff. And you could just see, and I tell them like, you know, the best thing you could do, this is not what you're going to want to hear, but the best thing you could do is quit your job, quit your job or request to go to a different shift. If you have the seniority to move. And that's one thing that's tough about the police realm is that when you're the new guy on the totem pole, the low guy, you're stuck on the third shift because no one wants it. And then until you have enough time in the police department, now you can kind of jump to a a better shift. But, you know, that is, that's really challenging. And it's amazing. Like that shift work is just how detrimental that is to the body, which, because you're just completely thrown off your circadian rhythm and everything you're fighting against everything that your body wants to do. So yeah, that, you know, it's amazing where if you don't sleep, you're really going to have a hard time fixing a lot of other things in your life when it comes to nutrition, movement, stress management, because sleep is really definitely that, that, that one pillar. So now I want to kind of pivot into now a little bit more now into the nutrient side of things. And when it regards to kind of, um, you know, supplementation and also, you know, pharmaceutical drugs that a lot of people might be currently taking that are common, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, like just things that people, um, common ailments that we see in people that are common drugs that we see a lot of and what they might be depleting their body of. So I know at hometown pharmacy, you guys have your, what you call your foundational six, um, which are six supplements, CoQ10, fish oil, magnesium, a multivitamin, a probiotic, and vitamin D. So I would love for you to give us just kind of a quick little blurb about your guys' foundational six and why those six you see are just so important. Yep. Uh, great great uh, segue there. And so we view our foundational six, and we actually just update our foundational six. Is, um, so they're slightly different, but I'll go over them in a second. But we view our foundational six as six nutrients, which ideally we'd be getting from food. Again, Food is medicine. You're never going to be able yep. to replicate that in a supplement. But these are six supplements that ideally we'd be able to get from food, but due to modern lifestyle and amounts, they're really, really hard to get. 
Um, uh, and so we have vitamin D, magnesium, multivitamin. Um, the new one is creatine, um, which surprises a lot of people. We'll touch on there a little bit. Um, fit, uh, omega-3s and uh, fiber um, for gut okay. health. So we end up putting fiber in there in terms of the probiotic. But again, probiotics are super helpful as well. So let's just start off with the vitamin D. Um, vitamin D, we know living here in Wisconsin this time of the year, it's hard to get your vitamin D. It's the sunshine hormone. Um, vitamin D, I always tell people, is kind of like the composer of your body. It helps to orchestrate your not only your bone health, which most people know, but also your immune health, your cardiovascular health, as well as your mental health and wellness. All right. The hard thing is almost everyone is deficient in it this time of the year. I don't know about you, Tom, but I'm not running around too much in my speedo outside uh, in February here in Wisconsin. Oh, I thought that was you riding down the road the other day when I saw that the guy in the speedo. I thought that was you. <laughs> in fact, you probably don't want to see me even in the middle of the summer running around my speedo. <laughs> but anyhow, most people are deficient in it. Um, and as a result, you get a lot of downstream effects. Now, can you get vitamin D from food? Absolutely. I don't want to assume anything. So if there's anybody listening here today that's eating 10 cups of white mushrooms a day or drinking uh, two and a half gallons of milk per day, I don't want to, if you're already doing that, this may not apply to you. But if you're not <laughs> eating 10 cups of white mushrooms a day or drinking two and a half gallons of milk today, this will apply to you. We know that uh, vitamin D plays critical roles, which I just mentioned. Um, vitamin D, what a lot of people don't realize is the kind of the standard health um that your traditional medical places are using as their standards for health and wellness are pretty outdated. Um, again, there's more progressive. And again, this isn't meant as a knock towards any specific healthcare field. It's more of a system issue. But traditionally, they say anything above a 30 on this scale is optimal when you have your blood levels measured. What we know is that's basically set at the bare minimum so someone doesn't have rickets, cardiovascular disease, or depression caused by vitamin D deficiency. Based off research that came out during COVID, it looks like anything less than 40, your immune system is compromised. Anything less than 50, you're at a significantly elevated risk for a lot of cancers. Um, the one that always sticks in my mind is breast cancer. Breast cancer runs in my mom's side of the family. Uh, there was a study that came out in 2007 showing if your levels are lower than 50, you have a 50% increased risk of breast cancer. Um, so above 50 or decreased. We do testing for a lot of people. We tested an entire school district on August 31st before they started the school year. So again, keep those levels 30, 40, 50 in mind. Um, again, at the end of summer, ideally, theoretically, the levels should have been as high as they're going to be at the entire start of the year. We found that the average vitamin D score for this uh, school district was a 24. Wow. So the lowest the low. The lowest of low. Again, on average, everyone was in the risk of depression, cardiovascular disease, rickets, et cetera. What's um, optimal? What's the optimal number? Opt optimal, we want at least 50 on the bottom side. I usually try to get people closer to say 60 or 65. That way you just have your buffer. Um, the highest anybody was in this district was a 38. That means that there was not one teacher or uh, school administrator going into the school year with an optimally functioning immune system. Which is crazy to me because you're thinking about like, that's August 31st. I mean, they just had all summer yeah. to be outside, right? Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's a huge thing of showing how many people are not getting outside as much as they should, right? We're hermiting yeah. inside, we're, we're not getting out into the sunlight as much as we should going for walks and stuff. So that's kind of really surprising that like at the end of summer, that would like make sense to me, right? Like if I heard those numbers coming off of winter, like in the middle yeah. of February, we tested people. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense to me. So that's, that's kind of crazy that that's the levels um, uh -huh. at the end of, you know, at the, you know, at the end of summer. 
Well, yeah. And I, I, I'm guilty as well. So I had my, I, so I take 5,000 IUs is kind of my daily thing during the summer. Yeah. I was going to ask had, about that. Cause I know some, some companies that they have like their thousand IU, they have 5,000, then they have 10, 10,000 yeah. IU. And I t- typically recommend people take the 5,000 IU um, mm-hmm. once too low, 10,000. I think it's just a little bit um, too crazy. We don't need that much. If you're consistently, you know, 5,000 a day, you're going to be good to go. Yeah. Here, here's what's interesting though. So I had, I always tell people a thousand IUs it doesn't help. Yes. It's much. Not really. I always tell people a thousand I use is like taking a bottle of water, dumping it into the ocean and expecting to see the water level rise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're adding more into it, but it's a really low amount. Um, what I can tell you from personally. So I was taking 5,000. I use, I had mine measured July 15th. So getting middle of summer, my levels came back at a 37. Mm-hmm. I assumed because I was taking 5,000. I use that I was in that kind of that, that 60 range. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I realized the importance is like being able to test, be with your local healthcare provider, you know, whoever it may be, we do vitamin testing at um, hometown, but, um, and, it, and I started thinking about it It made sense. Well, gosh, we know that basically even during the summer for the sunlight to even have a big impact, you have to be outside from 10 AM to 2 PM. So when I was going on for my walks, I'd say seven o'clock in the morning or six 30 at night, even though the sun was out, the sunlight is not strong enough to really convert vitamin D over in the body. Um, and so that was a, a great thing. So vitamin D is one. I'll kind of touch on the other ones um, real quick. Uh, omega-3s. I always tell people omega-3s are kind of like the firefighters of your body. They help to put out inflammation. And this is important because inflammation is the root cause of every chronic disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's huge. Um, again, there was a study that came out in June of 21, I believe it was in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, which show that if your levels are low on the scale, they use the omega-3 index. So low is defined as less than 4.2%. Um, it was as predictive of mortality as what being a current smoker is. Mm-hmm. So that's is that crazy. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. And going back to, again, I've done a pile of tests uh, in the last year. Um, I have found that anyone who's not taken either an omega-3 supplement or, or having anchovy pizza five nights a week, their stand, their on average, their omega three index is a two point one to two point three percent. Again, anything less than four point two is when it's as predictive of mortality as what being smoking is. Mm-hmm. So again, that's a big one. Going back to um, focus ADHD, uh, that plays a huge role in um, focus uh, there for ADHD. Um, so that's one. Uh, the other ones, multivitamin. I touched on that earlier. Multivitamins are the construction workers of your body. They build things up when you need them. They help to break things down when they're no longer necessary. I've yet to work as a dietitian, you know, in the last, you know, 14 years, I've maybe 1% of the population is getting all the vitamin and minerals they need. Um, if you're able to do it through food alone, awesome high five. That's my number one recommendation. If you're not able to do it through food, again, food is always going to be the gold standard. If you're struggling to get food, busy lifestyle, you have gaps. That's where a multivitamin slides in really nicely. Um, other ones, uh, magnesium, magnesium is kind of like the therapist of your body. It helps to not only reduce anxiety, but it also helps to reduce improved sleep quality. Again, going back to what we said, if even you can't change the duration of sleep, if we can improve the quality, that's a huge hammer. Um, it also helps with blood pressure, um, there, um, anyone that's having, let me know if this describes anyone you've ever come across before in your lifetime, slightly anxious, trouble sleeping, slightly elevated blood pressure and potentially restless legs, migraines, or muscle cramps. Can you think of anyone in the adult population where at least two or three of those symptoms describe? Yep, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense. 70% of the adult population is deficient in magnesium. Uh, magnesium is literally required for over 600 reactions in your body, including energy production. 
Um, dark leafy greens, pumpkin seeds, hammer those. If you're not eating at least, you know, four servings of dark leafy greens a day or a quarter cup of pumpkin seeds, magnesium can be really helpful for those. Um, so those are there. Uh, we got fiber. We like fiber just because it supports gut health. Um, we know that gut, your gut is, a, is being referred to in the scientific literature as your second brain. Um, mm -hmm. the directly connected via the vagal nerve, changing your gut can have a huge impact on mood. 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So it influences there. So that's a big one. And then our final one, which is actually a surprise to people. And this is, like I said, this is our newest one that we added into it was, um, creatine. The reason we added creatine is because creatine is virtually the electrician of your body. Um, people are familiar with creatine, I'm sure in your world as well, in terms of exercise, muscle, power, strength, jumping, things of that nature, force mm -hmm. production. Creatine, similarly, similar to how creatine supplies energy to your muscles, it supplies energy to the brain. So creatine has been shown, I believe it's been six studies now to help with symptoms of mood, be it um, um, depression. I think there's some bipolar research. Um, like I said, there's a fair amount of research looking at there as an alternative. It's also been shown to help if you have to think fast. So let's say on the spot, when you have to think like this, been shown to improve that and it's also and this is where i'll use it with a lot of people uh like i said even adolescence is there's research that came out showing that if you have a traumatic brain injury concussion whatever it may be if you're on high dose creatine the symptoms are less severe and they resolve much quicker mm -hmm. so again that, that's kind of the overview of those six foundational nutrients and why we put such emphasis on them at hometown pharmacy yeah. And with, I know, I know the big thing too, is like a lot of people have heard, like, obviously um, for a long time, creatine has got, they've got, it's got the bad rap of it's bad for you. You shouldn't take it. It's bad for your kidneys. Your kidneys can't digest it. You know, you can't, you know, cycle it out. And, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of us are trying to put that to bed, right? We're trying to make sure that people understand that creatine is very safe. It's one of the most researched drugs in the entire world when it comes to supplementation. So kind of what is your two cents kind of on, you know, when people hear that, um, that they shouldn't be taking it, it's not good for them. It's more harm than good. What's your kind of um, reply to that? You know, that's something that I've researched super, super in depth, because at the end of the day, it's it's the do no harm, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is a question that's come up in a lot. What I can tell you is on the nutraceutical level, especially in the sport world, but just in general, minus here, maybe a vitamin D, there has not been any substance that's studied more in depth than creatine. Mm -hmm. um, it's been studied since 1990. You know, we have over 30 years of research on it, and there has not been any published study showing it to have, you know, um, negative health effects on kidney health and a lot of these indices that people are looking at. Um, the big thing with creatine IOs to help, here's actually interesting. There's been two studies in patients with dialysis where they actually found better outcomes when they added creatine <laughs> into the thing, just because dialysis wipes everything out. Um, again, obviously talk with your doctor, you know, I'm not trying to say yes, no there, but what I can tell you is the research at this point is very positive, not only in adults, but also in kids. So to give you an idea, the one study uh, that mentioned adolescents with traumatic brain injuries, they were using between 20, I believe it was between 20 to 30 grams a day for six months, had zero impact on any of the health indices. Um, there's been studies that have been three years in length using extremely high doses, again, no effects. Um, the one thing I always tell people with creatine, um, if you're having uh, doing a standard blood test, you may have your creatinine levels may be elevated. So mine were, I did my test, yeah. you know, my yearly at the VA and they were like, whoa, that's really high. And I'm like, <laughs> don't care, move on. I don't want to even hear your spiel about why I shouldn't be taking it. Like move on next. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I always tell people, if you're having your creatine, uh, creatinine levels measured, especially if you're on creatine, it's going to be artificially high. There's other blood tests you can run that are much better uh, indices of kidney functions. 
Um, if you have questions that, you know, feel free to, you know, reach out to me, but that's the big thing. It's kind of like, um, even too, well, even if you're not in Cretan, you love exercising, uh, you go for a run, you're lifting weights. If somebody measures your blood levels after you exercise, your creatinine levels are going to be spiked out of the normal ranges as well. So that's, again, it all comes back to context and knowing what our people are on. So I love that. <laughs> I love that you informed the doctor that edu educate everyone we can on it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. And I know like, um, so what's the typical kind of dose I know for most, um, recommendations, typically five grams a day, mm -hmm. um, which are most, most, uh, most of the supplements that they come packaged, the little scooper is exactly one scoop, which is typically about five grams. And is that kind of uh, on par with what you recommend for most people on a daily? When, when I, yep. So if I'm just looking for the muscle health benefits, um, if you're getting between three to five grams, um, you're going to saturate your muscles by within a month. Um, I always tell people you don't need to, I know when I was first going through school and you're probably similar is like the idea of like, Hey, we need to take a loading dose. We're doing 20 grams a day. Yeah. That's been health. debunked, right? It's more about yeah. the consistency of it. The, the consistency when it, when it comes down to muscle health and wellness, that kind of that, the five grams a day, three to five at the end of the month, regardless if you start off with 10 grams a day, five grams a day, or three grams a day, at the end of the month, you're gonna be roughly about the same. Now it's a little bit different as we're, if we're going to brain health. Now, the brain health is still being more research. They're still trying to find exact dosages. This is a little bit more of a gray area, which I think there's going to be a lot of cool research in the years ahead. But it looks like to saturate your brain levels, you actually need higher amounts. Um, so what I'm telling people, again, this is not locked in stone. There's a lot they're still researching on it. But um, what I, I'm doing, if I'm trying to saturate brain levels to help with the cognitive benefits, I'm recommending 10 grams a day, you know. Um, or if I'm working with, say, somebody who's at a high risk of concussion, maybe they're a soccer player or a volleyball or, you know, some sort of contact thing, making sure that they're getting at least 10 grams a day is going to be important. Um, the only time that I use loading doses with any of the athlete clients that I work on is, let's say it's, I have a football player, or American football or a European soccer, you know, whatever comes to me is like, hey, I'm starting up in four days, you know, five days with this event. Um and they're not on creatine anymore. That's the only time I'll use a loading dose of 20 grams, just because I know higher doses are needed to really kind of push it into the brain. And that way they have as much brain protection as possible when they're going into their um, athletic event. But like I said, that is the only time that I ever do any sort of loading um, of any sort. Like I said, otherwise I'm just doing, Hey, if you're trying to you know maximize brain health, 10 grams a day, if you're only want to focus on muscle health, that's going to be that three to five grams per day. Awesome. Awesome. So with this, let's go ahead and pivot into now a little bit of the common uh, prescription drugs that some of our listeners may be taking um, and kind of what those prescription drugs may be depleting them of. And then obviously, if it's if it's depleting them of that, they should probably be trying to supplement that to try to yep. help um, um, do that. So what are some of those common prescription drugs that you see? And then um, what are what are those nutrients that are being kind of depleted? No, no gr great segue. Um, well, we were talking, well, we'll, we'll start with magnesium because we were talking about that being a foundational six, how everyone's depleted yeah. in it. So this is kind of interesting. Uh, one of the medications that depletes magnesium in your body is your blood pressure medication, specifically your diuretics. So for anyone listening, if you ever heard of like, hey, you have to take a water pill or anything of that nature, that's what a diuretic refers to. So now this is really ironic. Um, those diuretics deplete magnesium in the body. As I mentioned earlier, one of the main functions of magnesium is to naturally regulate blood pressure. So by taking a, this blood pressure medication, you actually deplete your body of the one essential nu nutrient <laughs> that's absolutely essential to regulate blood pressure. 
So I always find that uh, kind of super ironic. Um, so you'll see a lot of people and this kind of builds. How many times have you seen, be it clients or people, friends, family that you know, where they get on one medication, they start having side effects, they get on another medication, side effects, and all of a sudden you get on this escalating pyramid of, you know, medications. Yep. It happens all the time. Well, what if you don't need to get on an escalating pyramid? Maybe you have to be on that baseline medication for whatever reason. Well, if we just get the nutrients to support what that's being depleted, we just eliminated a bunch of medications for you. So again, magnesium blood pressure medications are notorious. Um, the other one I'll touch on is um, oral birth control pills. Most people are unaware of the fact that, you know, whether you're in high school, adult, whatever it may be, if you're on an oral birth control pill, you're going to be depleting your body of not only magnesium, but a lot of your B vitamins, um, even some of your magnesium, your folates, those deplete your body of those things. Um, be it increased metabolism, um, increased excretion, et cetera. So what's the consequences of that? Well, if we're getting rid of a lot of our B vitamins, especially ones that influence red blood cells, that means we're going to become anemic. That's, you know, a potential thing, headaches, um, blood pressure, muscle spasms, all these type of things. So again, I really stress it for anyone who's on oral contraceptives to make sure that you're getting in B vitamins, um, as well as some magnesium, obviously to support that. Awesome. Um, there. So those are two, um, two others that I can highlight uh, that resonate with a lot of people is metformin. So metformin is probably your first line in terms of uh, pharmaceuticals, it's probably the first anyone who has elevated blood sugar for type two diabetes, metformin is going to be the first one usually that people jump on. Now it does a great job in terms of lowering um, blood pressure or not blood pressure, but uh, blood sugar levels. Unfortunately, Metformin also depletes the body of B12. Now, one of the main functions of B12 is nerve synthesis, nerve uh, generation, nerve maintenance. Now, are you familiar with what neuropathy is? Yes. Okay. So for those who are not familiar with neuropathy, it's when you start getting the nerve tingling, the nerve degeneration, nerve pain as a result of, you know, and we all know that is one of the end stream effects of diabetes, the high blood sugar. So again, going back to ironic things, well, if you're on a metformin, yes, you're going to lower your blood sugars, but you're actually accelerating your neuropathy symptoms because you're depleting your body of B12. So again, B12 obviously through food, through meats, um, again, food is always the number one thing, um, but that is one where we'll usually supplement with, um, be it a multivitamin with high levels of B12 or a methyl B complex, something of that nature to offset that depletion effect. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about, um, I know we have, um, a lot of, you know, we've had clients who have suffered from PCOS, yep. um, and have to be on specific drugs to kind of help that. Um, is there, I know, I think one of the big ones is clomiphene, if I'm pronouncing mm -hmm. it right, C-L-O-M-I-F-E-N-E. -E. Um, I just didn't know if you had any, um, background or knowledge on, you know, PCOS and some of the medications that me might be, you know, taken, uh, for that. So the, the big thing, um, I'm not as familiar with that one. Um, that would be something I have to look into. Um, the one that I always pops in my mind, though, when it comes to PCOS is usually that's associated with higher blood sugars. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see a lot of people on PCOS who are always also taking one of those uh, diabetic medications mm -hmm. um, that could be influencing things. Um, the, uh, what do you say the, the name of it was? Clomiphene, C-L-O-M-I-F-E-N-E. Okay. I would have to look into that one a little bit more. And there's one called like letrozole as well. Letrozole. Um, but yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Of them. Yeah. Th th there's a bunch there. Um, there's based off everything else, I would say there's probably a high likelihood of 
you know, someone on PCOS um, medications, depleting things. Um, like I said, I would have to look a little bit more in depth on that one specific though. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So that's the big thing. It's like, it's funny when you say like, you know, we're taking drugs that are depleting the things that are actually going to try to help us. And then it rolls into us. Like you said, that elevator of taking multiple drugs when, it's not really necessarily needed. And so I love, I love that because I feel like there's a lot, a lot of that information out there, right? I feel like here, yeah. here's the drug, take it. But also when I hand you this, here's the, here are the, you know, here's the, the things that you're going to be, you know, depleting. And here's what I highly recommend that when you take this, take this drug that you also supplement this, that, or the yeah. other. No. And it's kind of funny, like, you know, you see all these, you know, pharmaceutical drug commercials on TV, and then they start lifting, they start listing off all the symptoms, Right. And the symptoms are like <laughs> scarier. The symptoms are scarier than what you're actually trying to like deal with. Like you suffer from uh, headaches. All right, take this pill. But then you're also going to have potential of heart attack and like all this other stuff. And you're like, oh, Jesus, it's just a headache. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> and so like, you know, and it, for me, when I hear that, I'm always like, okay, well, how first I like my mind goes to straight to if I'm suffering from this, what can I do? Like, what can I exhaust? Uh -huh. naturally like can yeah. what can i go about in a holistic manner like okay what can i do with exercise what can i do with my food what can i do with my sleep my stress all that stuff before i will ever go to the doctor yeah. and and, uh -huh. and and get that medication right because but that's not how everyone's wired either though some people just mm -hmm. like i said earlier just want to go to the doctor give me the pill let's move on with my life uh -huh. and um some of that stuff is just like really scary and oh, i man. feel like sometimes you know it's not necessarily told to them because i always do it in those commercials what is rattled off the fastest, right? Those symptoms at the end. And you're like, because they're trying to like hide what, you know, all these like negative side effects that you can run into. Uh -huh. And then you're going to now take the pill. You're going to experience uh -huh. four of the 43 that they rattled off. And now you're on four or five more medications because of that. Yeah. And yeah. it's just so backwards, you know, like I think it's us and um, I think us in New Zealand are like the only countries that allow like, you know, as much of the TV ads for all these drugs, like where there's like so many countries do not allow this on uh -huh. the TVs. And, you know, because money rules the world here in America, <laughs> that's like, it's the only reason why it's on TV. So yeah, it's just, it's, it's just mind blowing. It, it, it's so crazy. And, and two things popped in my mind when you were talking there, how many times have you had, you know, clients who are doing personal training, they're getting up in age and they're like, oh man, my body just doesn't require or recover as quick as it used to. And I always have more muscle aches and pains. Mm -hmm. and, ah, it's just a sign of getting older. And it's like, no, it's it's a sign that your statin is depleting CoQ10 in your body, which uh, so stands a cholesterol medication. You're, you're on statins, which deplete CoQ10 in your body. CoQ10 is required for energy production. The reason you're not recovering well isn't necessarily because you're getting older. It's because you're on a medication. It's literally depleting essential nutrient in your body. Mm -hmm. So again, going back there, well, how can you, how can you increase someone's engine, more motivation for behavior change? Well, if I have zero energy and I'm in muscle, I have muscle pains and aches all day, like what's my motivation to move? You know, mm -hmm. it becomes a much more challenging thing. And so it applied in. So that popped my mind. Um, here's another, another thing. So kind of pivoting a little bit, you're mentioning the different countries. I've been very fortunate to travel on a world basis. Um, I have a lot of clients that will fly me around. Um, and I was in Hong Kong with one of the clients that I was working with. Uh, and I had something that literally forever changed my mind. And this is what got me, you know, really influenced how I approach things now. So he started having back issues. Um, first, we went to a chiropractor. Then we went to an orthopedic. Then we went to a radiologist. And it was crazy. Well, it was crazy on one hand because you actually speak to the radiologist in uh, Hong Kong, which that on its own blew my mind. But <laughs> <laughs> 
you know how it is here in the U.S. Uh, if you go to the standard U.S., what are the first questions that your standard U.S. healthcare asks you about? Mm-hmm. Well, just your like baseline, like they're not yeah. asking you anything about what you're doing to prevent. It's just like, what are the symptoms? Like, what are you experiencing? Yeah. When you say this is a common battery, uh, what medications are you on? What's your height and weight? What's your blood pressure? Mm-hmm. I would say fair. That's most there. When Hong Kong, they don't start off with that. First question they ask in Hong Kong is, what do you do for breathing exercises? <laughs> Mind blown, right? And so first I'm like, all right, well, chiropractor, you know, it's a little bit more there. Then I asked the orthopedic did. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. I was talking with him a little bit about it. And then finally we got to the radiologist and he asked him like, I'm like, is this standard amongst all healthcare practitioners in Hong Kong that you ask about breath work to start off the visits? And he gave me a look like I had, it was a Martian. Yeah. He's like, yeah, wh- why wouldn't we do that? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, from the U.S., we do it. I'm like, oh, you're from the U.S., that explains everything. <laughs> um, but we're talking is like, you know, if you're doing br- breath exercises, that's the quickest way to decrease your stress levels. We decrease stress in your body. We decrease inflammation in the body. We decrease inflammation in the body. We just got at the root cause of every chronic disease out there, and it's free. You can do it anywhere you want to. Why would we not be asking about that? I'm like, huh. Good point. (laughs) So again, really cool things. And that's a neat thing is when you can learn from other cultures, you know, there Mm -hmm. to, you know, sometimes you don't realize your own things that you have to learn until you experience others. So that's why I love working with you and talking with you is, you know, when we're talking, like you're teaching me things, ideas and vice versa, and we can all get better together. Yeah. And you're talking about breath work and uh, the podcast I was listening to uh, yesterday. It, that's what the guy said he like, fell off of. He was like, you know, I, I was in a great routine of breath work meditation in the morning, um, but my life has kind of pivoted a little bit where I'm spending a little bit more time on the work side of things uh, just for a little bit. But because I had to cut some something out to make more time for something else, the breath work and meditation kind of fell off. And and the reason, you know, we're kind of talking about this is that like the reason why he said that the the breath work and the meditation fell off was because of not the immediate feedback. Just like, you know, the exercise, he gets the immediate feedback, all the other things he gets that immediate feedback. And that's why most people, the breath work is I am at this point, I feel like breath work and meditation is out there a lot more in, mm-hmm. in just like in general, you hear a lot of people now, a lot of high, high performers, celebrities, all this stuff are talking about, you know, what are the things that have led them to where they are today? And a lot of people now are talking meditation and breath work more so than ever in the past. Yeah. And um, so everyone at some point has probably heard that breath work meditation is going to be very beneficial to them. But he was like, I think it's, they're just chatting and they're like, you know, the main reason I think that is happening is because you, you could do the breath work for a minute, five minutes or whatever. Um, it takes time also, but it's also, it's not as you don't get that initial, like that positive, like this changed my life feedback yeah. right away. And, but it's so important. And so, like you said, different cultures are doing a lot thing, a lot of things a lot better than we are here in America. Um, for as much as we say we're awesome, we are awesome, but there are a lot of things that are asked backwards here that we're not doing. Um, and I think if we're not doing it and we're not informing it because of the almighty dollar, um, I feel like the money is is controlling a lot of the information that's being put out there and why. And at the end of the day, if people were super, super healthy, um, there'd be a lot of people not making as much money as they are right now when it comes to the medical side of things and prescription drugs and stuff like that. So, you know, and that's why I love, you know, people like you uh, getting out there and I literally see on your Instagram, like every freaking day you're out somewhere posing, snapping pictures, thanking somebody for inviting you into their gym. And um, it's just like really cool to see that somebody's out there just hustling, putting the feet to the pavement and, and, and sharing 
this awesome knowledge. And that's been great. So I know, um, Sean, you wanted to offer our clients something really awesome for listening to this podcast. You wanted to offer them something. What is that that you're offering to everybody that listens to this podcast today? So everyone who's listening to this podcast today, um, we have something uh, really special. We at Hometown Pharmacy, again, our goal is to get people healthy, to be educators. Um, we're giving away uh, for anyone uh, listening a free nutrient uh, profile. What does that mean? So we, using HIPAA compliant forms, um, if you use our HIPAA compliant form, if we put in your medications you're on, your health conditions, blood work, um, lifestyle goals, current symptoms across the board, we'll instantly be able to give you um, not only the nutrients that your body needs, but also how much of each of those nutrients your body needs and why they're important. That way you can start making informed decisions because like, okay, well, this has 100 milligrams of vitamin C. I'm reading here where it says I need 400 milligrams of vitamin C, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Well, here's something that you can actually have that's specific to your body that will say how much of the nutrients your body needs. And here's the other thing that I really like is I'd be lying to you if I told you that I was an expert on every pharmaceutical and how it affects nutrients. Actually, I'm glad you asked me a question I didn't know because it's kind of a perfect segue. <laughs> I'm not an expert. I, I love learning and I'm constantly learning. But the, the um, nutrient profile that we're put, uh, deficiency profile will automatically take into account any medications you're on and adjust the formula that you need specific to your body on that. Awesome. So that way you can start making informed decisions. Um, like I said, um, there's different things that we have attached with that through Walera, you know, home delivered meals. We can also do um, nutrient powders for people. But like I said, we want to give everyone as a free gift with zero commitments, the ability to learn about their body, the nutrients they need, how much and why they're important. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then how is somebody going to be able to take advantage of this? Are you going to be providing us a link that I could kind of um, share with everybody so they could yep. jump on this as soon as they, as soon as they want? Yep, exactly. I'll share a link with you um, with there. They can put in the show notes. Um, what you'll do is you'll go into it. Um, the only things they'll ask you about is um, your name, um, your phone number, your email. And basically when this launches, we're launching it roughly around March 1st. So I'm super, super excited. Um, as soon as it's there's, you'll get a, a link sent to you that has the ability uh, and you'll have the ability. It'll be an app. You can go in there, put in your information and it'll automatically give you that nutrient, uh, oh, sweet. Pr personalized nutrient profile. Awesome. And then through Hometown Pharmacy, do you guys do um, blood work where someone could come in and actually get their, their blood drawn and actually get all that stuff analyzed um, to really kind of see what's kind of going on inside uh, their body? Yep. Um, we have two different things that we're able to do. Um, one, we're able to test omega-3 levels as well as um, vitamin D levels through a simple pinprick uh, pin at the finger. Um, so similar if, if everyone, if anyone's ever, you know, had their blood sugar levels measured, if they're familiar with there, it literally pinprick of the finger, we get, get a few blood drops, we send that off to the lab. And within a few weeks, we're able to tell you exactly what your vitamin D levels are, as well as omega three, that way we can be very specific with that dosing. Um, we also have the ability to do a full micronutrient analysis that involves, um, an actual, um, phlebotomy lab draw, which we're able to do within our pharmacies that goes over 60 different nutrients in your body. So you know exactly which ones you're deficient in, which ones are sufficient. And again, that way we're able to make customized blends, um, and educate you specific to your body. Awesome. Knowledge is power. And that's one of the mm -hmm. big things I talk about is a lot of people want to make change, but they're failing to do the first step, which is you got to collect some data. You got to get some yeah. data, right? Mm -hmm. um, the big one is obviously we see a lot is, is weight loss. People want to lose weight, but they have no idea how many calories they're eating in a day. Well, if mm -hmm. we're just guessing 
we're not going to get anywhere. We got to, you know, no one wants to track. No one wants to track their food for a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. to really kind of get an idea of what they're eating. And so knowledge is power and we need to have data. And so that's why I love if you're going to start making any changes when it comes to supplementation, it's pretty smart to start off with that good blood panel, right? And really get an idea of what you currently are eating. What are your levels? So now you know exactly how much you need to um, supplement to make sure that you're doing it, doing it correctly. So I love that you guys are able to, you guys are not only handing out free knowledge through podcasts and you getting out there, but you're also um, having the opportunity and you have the resources to have people actually get that true data um, for what's going on inside their body, just kind of like a DEXA scan with fitness or an in-body scan, right? Like kind of knowing what's going on um, and your body really allows you to um, make sure that you're you're starting at the right place, but that's also going to lead to just better results in general because you're not doing a ton of guess guesswork, guess and check. Yeah. So that, yeah. It, and that that is huge. Uh, test not guess. Again, using myself as an example, I thought I was well sufficient in vitamin D. Eh, it turns out, I, you know, I was at thirty five when we want to be at sixty. Well, I guess the good news is I wasn't have didn't have to worry about rickets, my bones shattering on me, but my immune system was compromised. Elevated risk for a lot of cancers. And so again, if if we have data, we're able to make a game plan specific to someone's body. Mm-hmm. And that's the big thing was just being with you kind of started the podcast was being proactive instead of reactive. You know, a lot of us are, we wait for the issue to pop up before we ever tried to do something about it. Well, let's, how about we start being a little bit more proactive and making sure that we never have to experience the issue in the first place. And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, we got to start being proactive with our health. It's, we only got one body. We got, you know, one, one time to make this right. And we got to, that's one thing that a lot of us are, um, for whatever reason, we like to not take care of our bodies, but we definitely have the newest iPhone when it comes out. So <laughs> let, let's just make sure that we're, you know, prioritizing uh, what's important and being proactive with our health because it's going to save you a lot of headaches um, in the future. No, absolutely. Uh, this is a, a lot of great information. Um, I, I touched on a lot of key points and and I just want to, th- again, thank you for everything that you're doing at Orange Um with your training, your podcast. I, I love listening to it myself. It's mm-hmm. always a wealth of knowledge. Um, mm-hmm. And so this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks, Sean. I look forward to having you um, in the gym this Friday, talking to our team as well. We're, we're, we're inviting Sean in. He's coming over to our gym and he's going to be passing on some even more information to ourselves, but also um, a lot of the other trainers and owners from the Orange organization. So that's going to be really fun um, to have you in, in just a couple of days. So thank you so much, Sean. And if anybody wants to connect with you, what's the best way to connect with you outside um, of this podcast, social media, web uh, email address, what's kind of the best way to get a hold of you if yep. they want to speak with you specifically? Yep. Um, if people want to sp- uh, speak with me specifically the best two ways is um i'm on instagram uh, my handle on instagram is a st um, casey my last name c-a-s-e-y 34 so st casey 34 is my instagram handle um i'm probably most active on facebook um really active there feel free to friend me send me a message um and we'll make sure we include that in the show notes but uh that is just um sean s-e-a-n and then casey um look me up um on there Awesome. Awesome. That'd be great. Yeah, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. So thank you so much, Sean, for taking some time out of your day to just talk about everything that you got such a wealth of knowledge around. And it was just fun chatting with you. And um, I look forward to getting this podcast out and sharing it with the Orange community and anybody else that listens. So thanks again, man, for your time. And I look forward to seeing you on Friday. Hey, sounds like a plan. Look forward to the next one. As always, thank you so much for listening, everybody. I really appreciate every listen that I get. With that being said, if you have any feedback or any questions you would like answered on future episodes, please use the link in the bio above to submit me a quick little voice message you could do right from your phone. I would love to hear from you. So thank you so much again for listening and have a great rest of your day.